It's time for the Morning Brief with Deb Hutton, former senior advisor to two Ontario premiers. Deb, nice to have you. Good morning. Welcome back, John. Uh, It's nice to be back. So Doug Ford says he's not going to use the notwithstanding clause to fight um, against, I mean, we have to set the table here. Uh, Courts ruled that the province imposing a 1% limit on pay increases for public employees was unconstitutional. It would be interesting to see where this goes in the courts, but we do have precedent. Uh, But what's your thought? I actually was a little surprised uh, because it was pretty definitive. Uh, it tells me that the government feels pretty strongly that they have the ability to win an appeal because I don't think he would say that otherwise. Uh, it, it, I And I obviously they are going to appeal. I truly hope they are successful. For me, this is an issue of legislative uh, supremacy over certain things that the court rules. Uh, I know they put a lot of stock in the Manitoba decision. Uh, the Supreme Court said it would not hear an appeal uh, over a, a court, a lower court's ruling that said that Manitoba could do certain things as it related to wage restraints uh, by legislation. So I, I do hope they take this as far as they need to in the court system, and I do hope that our legislatures, our parliament, retain the right to be able to do, if not exactly this this kind of legislation, and then something very, very similar. Yeah, I think there's a lot of sort of philosophical things going on in this court ruling, because there is a certain conflict of interest with a, a government negotiating with its employees because the government has the power to impose things that an employer might not have the power to do so. But I also think, you know, you're probably on the same page that a lot of people would like to see um, public employee unions hammered down in terms of what they can expect in terms of pay increases. Yes, and and listen, in the private sector, if you can't get your widgets made, then you can take a strike. You can bring in uh, workers. There's all kinds of things that you really don't have the latitude to do in the public sector. And, well, it's certainly an an issue of of, uh, making money in the private sector. It's an issue of services that people really do need in the private sector. So I think this is, we're at a crossroads for me, John. Uh, I think you may know that I I eventually came around in the education sector to the notion of some form of arbitration, some form of essential services, even though I know it can be more expensive. I think it is time for us to look at that because I am quite frankly sick and tired of taxpayers being held hostage by our unions. And I think it's wrong and we need to figure out the right way to do it so that governments really can depend on their ability to pay when it comes to the workers. So whether it's through the court system, whether it's through changing legislation, this is a really, really important topic for all of us in Canada. So Doug Ford has been on fairly good terms with both the federal and municipal governments for the last little while, but he kind of fired a shot over the bow yesterday, Deb, when he accused Toronto of mismanaging its finances. This is about the fact that uh, the province is going to start waiving some development fees and municipalities are saying, you know, dude, we can't get by without that money. Yeah, so I really like the policy. I I think we need to take some fairly extreme measures when it it comes to housing. I'm also a big fan of the changes to the green belt to throw another cat among the pigeons. Um, But 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 I am, and I think it's I think it's a good policy decision, and I think the government needs to make sure that we're not seeing a a pass through to the developers, but in fact that there's a, a difference when it comes to our housing. However. When any government, federal or provincial, brings in a policy that has a direct impact on the finances of another level of government, so whether that's fed to province or province to municipality, they have to be made whole. 
in my view. So either give them another tool that is uh, unrelated to housing, for example, or you have to give them some funding. I just don't think that you can make a policy and say, hey, you go deal with it when mm. it's your policy. Yeah, no, I, I agree entirely. And while I understand what the province is trying to do here, I mean, they are impoverishing uh, municipalities. Let's move on. Um, in London, Ontario, they are renaming schools or considering renaming schools. And apparently, Prince Charles and Princess Anne are now controversial. And Deb, all I'd say here is, I think they're good, decent people. But I also, you know, when we come to, for example, the Parti Québécois MPs or MPPs who were denied access to the House yesterday because they won't swear allegiance to Prince Charles or King Charles. I'm kind of on the same page. I just, I thought the Queen was a good and decent woman, but I, I'm not a big fan of having to swear to King Charles. Then John, we need to mount a fight to get rid of the monarchy. Yes. Because, because we have a monarchy. And, and so I think this is absolutely ridiculous. And, and the London School isn't the only one. I think there's one out in Edmonton, and I'm sure there are others. I, this, it's, the, it's the system we have. Again, you don't want the system. Let's change the system. But are we going to get rid of King Street? Are we going to get rid of Queen Street? Uh, are, I mean, Balmoral, because it's her castle. Like, I, like where does it? Well, I know I say that to, to make you laugh. Like, honestly, where does it end? So I, I, the notion that, and I get it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a white woman, I am not native, but I just think that there is a point in time where either you, you change the system or you leave things well enough alone. It's part of our history. And I just think renaming, I, I, listen, I'm not a fan of Dundas being renamed as an example. I was not a fan of Ryerson being renamed. I just think this goes too far. You see, I don't see this as about, you know, appeasing uh, interests where, you know, as concerns uh, Indigenous peoples and, and all kinds of outstanding grievances. I just, I do not want to, and I, I don't imagine I ever will be, but I don't want to be asked to swear allegiance to King Charles III. It feels like I'm in the Pirates of Penzance. Then start a petition, start an action, change our system. But he is our king, whether we like it or not. And listen, I'm with you. I think he's a goof. But <laughs> but that's not really the point here for me. Like Queen Elizabeth way, we're going to change that now? Well, you see, no, because I think she is a person worth honoring. And frankly, I have no objection. King, queen, it's just, it's sort of there. Um, but I really, I, I'm total, I'm a Republican now. I totally want to get <laughs> us out from under the thumb of the British royal family. Well, then I look forward to the John Moore campaign for ending the monarchy. All right. It begins right now at 628 on Friday, December 2nd. John begins his Republican campaign. Um, thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, meanwhile, the Senate uh, is looking to strip the title of honorable from a couple of former senators. I'm all for it. As a matter of fact, I have to say I was somewhat surprised, and maybe you know, having worked at Queen's Park. Um, but uh, Kathleen Wynne was telling me that even though she's been the premier, she doesn't get to keep the title honorable. No, we, we have a bit of a mishmash of a system, although I, I think a lot of people still would use that for, for former premiers, including my former boss. Here's my only issue with this. So I can say on the surface, if you're convicted and you're a senator, you know, you shouldn't be called honorable, particularly for some of the, the people that we're talking about. However, for most crimes here in Canada, if you are convicted, you can still run. Mm -hmm. So we have to have some consistency. Because if you can if you can run with a criminal record 
why can't you be a senator? And why would you therefore be stripped of the title that is attached to being a senator? So, you know, my, my gut reaction is, of course, this is a great idea, but I think it is inconsistent with some of the other things in our system. So, again, if, if, let's not do this piecemeal. Let's actually say, hey, if there's a problem here, if we if we think criminals shouldn't be part of our system, then let's make that so. Deb, thanks a lot. Good to have you. Thanks, John. Have a great day.